Brought to you by Make Fun Network. Welcome to the top five of death. Where listeners vote and everyone dies. Listen and die. Everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Top Five of Death. I'm your host Matthew um, Bistany. I my last name. I have such a. Um, <laughs> I, earlier, I couldn't think of the word presence. Now I can't think of the word. Uh, oh, insecurity uh, about my last name because I feel like when I say my last name Bistany, it accentuates the uh, my lisp, and I can't avoid it. Oh, interesting. Aww. Yeah. Um, but that's fine. I'm here with Kat and Tim today. Hi. Hey, everybody. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, no Fro. Fro is, uh, is busy, got some stuff going on, which is fine. He's allowed to do stuff. We let him out once in a while. He's <laughs> using one of his vacation days. That's right. He's, uh, <laughs> you know, he didn't use them last year, so they, I let him roll them over. Yeah. <laughs> into this year. So he didn't lose them. That's right. Yeah. Was, I felt like it was the least I can do. Um. It's nice of you. Yeah. Uh, Kat, Tim, how's it going? How's everything uh, in your your humble abode? Good. Pretty good, I think. Um, Just handling the lockdown, it's getting more and more tiring for me. I'm like, I'm definitely like um, a homebody. And at the beginning of it, switching to working from home and like being home all the time, I was like, this fucking rules. Like, this is like (laughs) so for my personality. And now, like the other day I was like, I can't believe I'm looking forward to going back to the office. Mm. Like, so that's just kind of where my head's at at this point. Just yeah, really getting tired of it at this point as we're coming up on a year. I mean, like that's such a uh, that's such a, a good point, right? Because sometimes people say like, "Oh, when will this end? Well, when will it return to normal?" And I think for even like like you said, even the most homebodied of people. There will be, there will come a point where you're just like, I just want to go out. Or I yeah. Tim has a cat ass right next to us. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was nice during the summer because you could go like outside and be in people's yards or like yeah. go to a park and stuff. But now that the weather is cold and gross, like, it's just more depressing to be inside all the time. Like, not even to be able to like go over somebody's house and like hang out. Right. In like your uh, like your pod, right? Yeah, <laughs> we're getting to the point where we, where we feel like we've seen every movie that's <laughs> mm-hmm. ever been made. Is this all we do now? Is watch TV and movies? Yeah, yeah. The uh, I hear you. I I I've never been a home body. I think I have a little bit of like reverse of you, Tim. Where at first I was like, I gotta get the fuck out of here, and now I'm like, whatever. I feel like a bit. <laughs> I've been sure. beaten down. In the opposite way that you have. <laughs> um, How has it been with a newborn? So that's the. So I have no frame of reference as to anything that's different, right? Yeah, so to, sure. to me, this is just like this is what it was for everyone. It's when I talk to other people who have had who had kids in the in the before time, where mm-hmm. you hear like really wild. Like we tell them things, and they're like, "What?" <laughs> uh, like I'll give you an example. <laughs> Um, so at home it's, it's been fine. It, it, it's, it kind of sucks because we're trying to be very conscious of making sure Wednesday has a, 
a, a, a normal acclimation to people. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that we're really focused on, the fact that she doesn't not see people to a point where she is so attached to Megan and I, where she's just like screams at the sight of another person and things like that. I didn't even think about that. So, yeah. And it's, we have, we know other people uh, who have gone a different route, which is totally fine. It's like their, their child and their decision, but they're, they're very protective of their kid and they don't want, you know, the child to get sick, which is totally understandable. We don't want Wednesday to get sick either, but mm-hmm. um, I think, I think we put a little bit more focus on her development. Um, because this isn't going to be forever, and I don't want to mm-hmm. stunt her social uh, yeah. development with that. So, yeah, that's been we've been doing pretty good with that. She's she's actually is pretty good. But like I, I mentioned, um, like a minute ago, like we have like our our pod. Our pod is pretty decently sized, but it's still always the same people for the most part, right? Um, but it's been good. But like, like uh, when we had the baby, there's a we had this like this one recommendation where it's like night one after you know giving birth send the baby to the nursery right send the baby to the nursery you you know mom and dad rest you know it's very important mom and dad you rest after the labor so send the the baby to the nursery for the night she'll be taken care of there cool uh when we had wednesday no nursery none really we, yep they didn't even it, it was only for very high risk like uh, nicu uh, infants, oh. and that option was not afforded to us. So that sucks. Yeah. So Megan had the baby, and then we ha- and then we had the baby the whole time from oh. day one. Wow. New parents, just like uh, baby's crying, baby's crying. Like we could call the nurse, but I mean, you the last thing you want to do as like the first couple hours of being a parent is essentially admit to a stranger that you can't take care of the kid. Right. <laughs> like calling in the nurse every two minutes to <laughs> be like, uh. Baby's crying, and then just putting your hands up and being like, nah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That um, sucks. But I don't know. It was a quick learning experience. Uh, we couldn't we couldn't change the baby's diaper on time to save our lives. Every single time, <laughs> it was because the baby had a diaper issue, and we were like, we looked. It's, it looks fine. They're like, no, she's wet. I was like, ah, she wasn't a minute ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, my know. God. That sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. It was very stressful to, I don't know. And she's just like... Other than that, like I said, uh, she's been good. It's just our house isn't like a mansion. So I think, I don't know. I think she gets like bored of everything sometimes. And like, I don't, I, it just sucks because we can't, like we took it to the, gro- we started taking her to the grocery store because mm-hmm. now she's like, she can sit up on her own. She fucking loves it. She fucking. <laughs> that must be so exciting for her. She, oh my God. It's, <laughs> she's fucking, she's a nutcase in there. <laughs> so she's just like. She's just, she's like screaming and laughing, and it's like it, uh, I don't know. It's it, it's it's very heartwarming and also like a staunch reminder. It's like yeah, man, it sucks. We can't just like go anywhere whenever. Can you imagine what it's going to be like the first time she goes to Disney if she's that excited about the grocery store? Yeah, I know. I think we're going to try to go in in May actually. Oh, nice. Yeah, but so that's that's how it's been with like the baby pandemic it's just mm. like i said people have different strokes and for different folks and i understand yeah. you know it's, it's the last thing you want to do is your, your baby to get sick it's just i i mean i've i've voiced my concerns about it and it's just like i think life is very important and i don't know you, you gotta you gotta just assess the risk and, and take them take them at smart times yeah i think everybody <laughs> this is one of those times where everybody like knows what they're personal threshold is and kind of like what 
is best for their family. And it's kind of like, you can't really judge too many people for their decision, depending on like, if it's best for them, like I'm going to judge people that aren't wearing masks. That's like, there's no excuse to not wear a mask. Um, but like, if you want to take your kid to the grocery store, I'm not going to look at you weird. Yeah, that was yeah, something Megan my... was very concerned about too. Was being judged by other people for taking the baby out. <clears throat> One of my um, friends was saying, um, I think he was responding to like a tweet or something that was like, "Don't take your kids to the supermarket or whatever." And he's like, "I too would like to live in this fantasy world where <laughs> someone else can watch my kid while I go to the supermarket." Like, that's so funny, and that's true, right? Yeah, it's like that's another thing too is people <laughs> you don't a lot of people don't have an option yeah, yeah like my uh the president of my company was like so adamant about people finding child care and was like you can't have children disrupting your calls and like just close close the door in your office and put a red sign on it and it's like uh excuse <laughs> me but my toddler like That's isn't gonna know so that so dumb and unforgivable yeah. Exactly. And people are like, I'm sorry that I don't have college age children that don't live in the house anymore. Like I, I have a newborn or I have a toddler. Like I can't just say that they're not going to interrupt me or not going to come in the room and like daycares are closed and some schools are closed. So like, what do you want me to do? I, some companies are going to have so much churn from employees who are just mm-hmm. like really pissed at how their companies handled all the lockdown stuff even just like tonally like that type of stuff you were just saying cat where they're like don't let your toddlers come in the room like if i had kids i would be like fuck you like i'm I'm gonna go literally anywhere else yeah there are so many people that are like okay then give me a raise so that i can afford a nanny so that my (laughs) kid doesn't burst into the room like if they're bleeding or something, like <laughs> I can't be like, I'm sorry, sweetie. Hold on, mommy's on a call. Like yes, two year old. Let me give you a copy of my business schedule so you know when <laughs> and when you can't come into the room. Yeah, yeah. sweetie. Um, did you check the Google Calendar? <laughs> it says that I'm currently busy. Did you Did you put time on my calendar for playtime? <laughs> Lunch isn't scheduled for another forty five minutes. I'm sorry, you need to go away. Yeah, that's that's too bad. Yeah, yeah. That is, that's too bad. I, I'm very mm. fortunate that where I work is very, very employee-centric mm. on uh, things like that. They're very, very nice, very cool, and they're very accommodating. And they're less like, I don't know. I don't, we got like, our, I don't know. My company's doing <clears throat> for like a, like a financial firm in this like situation. We're doing very well. I don't understand. They just yeah. have very smart people. Um, I don't know. I just that's reassuring, though. It is, it is, but it's like they're they're very nice and they're always sending out like wellness videos and they're always encouraging people to take time off. Mm-hmm. And um it's good. It's it's weird. I th- I uh they say that the pandemic has been very um like industry centric or industry specific where the any type of recession or business impact is happening and that like tech and basically all the types of companies where you could do it from home are still doing reasonably well. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And even like, it's like a a pretty good market if you're looking for new work right now in those industries. Yeah. Um, I have um, like a, I get like my emails Every day, I must get like four emails of like people that are hiring or like recruiters reaching mm-hmm. out for like IT roles, and it's it's nice, it's reassuring because it's like, oh, if something ever happened here, it's 
There's no sure. shortage of yeah work, you know. Um, but that's you know that's in my industry and that's what I do and that's not for everyone. And that's totally sure. understandable. So it's like the whole thing's fucking nuts, crazy, cuckoo bananas. And hopefully, yeah. oh, uh, I think actually, I think I think we're on a very good downward trend of cases. I think it's down like forty four percent. You know, and that's good, especially when we're gonna about to like make a turn into summer where it went yeah. down anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, it's still sticking true to my belief of uh, eighteen months. You know, hold, I'm holding that timeline. It's my, it's my, uh, it's the only thing I'm holding on to. Of like uh, <laughs> past pandemics have historically lasted around eighteen months. So, I'm, I'm, you know, we're still on that timeline. And, and with this downward spiral, we should just, uh, you know, just cruise the. Uh, Cruise the car on empty right into the garage and just park it forever. All right. It's <laughs> a good plan. <laughs> yeah. And if it doesn't work out, um, it's Fro's fault. Let's blame Fro. <laughs> um, but actually, it's, it's good we had all this pandemic talk because it's kind of very much the catalyst for this episode this week where we're talking about top five current media recommendations. Um. So, like you said, you guys have been watching a lot of uh, a lot of movies, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. We've For done sure. so many like double feature uh, fests and had just like so many themed nights and weekends and stuff. It's been fun though. I've seen a lot of things I've never seen. Yeah, we've been on like a huge western kick lately. Um, before that, we were you know obviously doing Christmas movies and Halloween movies before that, and. Um, did so you watch try any, any new holiday movies? Uh, yeah, we watched a handful of them. Like, uh, there was the the Happiest Season came out last year. We mm-hmm. watched that. Trying what to think was it? What else? Happiest Season. Um, it Never was on heard Hulu. Of it. it was really good. It was cute. Um, it's a it romantic was... comedy with Kristen Stewart and I forget the other woman's name. Mackenzie but... Davis. Yeah. Kristen Stewart, huh? What mm-hmm. a polarizing actress. Yeah. She was she's really <laughs> she was really charming in Happiest Season though. Really? Yeah. She I'm was. Very she was doubtful. cute. <laughs> I just you know, I don't have any issue with her. I j- the it's I just think the Twilight movies are really not for me. I for, um, my biggest issue with her is and it's not bad for certain stories and roles. It's just like her it's her her um, her facial emoting. It's very like it, I, there's a there's a default to it that gives me like, are you ha- like if you're supposed to be a certain way, perfect, right? But if you're supposed to be like the antithesis to that way, um, I haven't seen the, her in a movie that that does that for me. She doesn't have a lot of range for sure. And yeah, her, definitely like, not. Her her like she's got a very like quirky, anxious thing that's constantly being projected from her facial expressions, like you said. Yeah. Right. Jesus. Right, right, right. Yeah. But what can you do? Yeah. Yeah, I don't have any problem with her other than that. <laughs> like I said, the cast <laughs> um of that movie is really good. Aubrey Plaza's in it too. She, oh, really? she basically like mm-hmm. steals the show and then um I love Aubrey Plaza. Dan Levy from uh Schitt's Creek is on oh, too. Really? He's really good, yeah. Yeah, Allison Bree is in it. Um My wife one hundred percent must have watched this movie. It has, like, it all was her really cute. <laughs> Uh yeah. yeah, I I haven't been watching movies so much as I've been watching like YouTube and streaming. So that's mm. been I just burped into the mic. <laughs> that was like the uh, that was uncontrollable. 
I feel like I, uh, <laughs> that, was, that was like a new milestone in my age. It just came yeah. out. Yeah, that's I'm like I'm I'm. <laughs> that's phase one, and then when you start having the the uh, impromptu farts, that's when it's time to put you down. <laughs> Send me into like, the forest. You can't even just stand up from the couch without farting; they just come out. <sighs> the old mom thing where it happens every step of your walk. <laughs> that's my mom. <laughs> she would hate that I'm saying that because she gets so embarrassed. But she so she's in like a like a transport chair. And like she'll come over for dinner, and then after dinner, and we drive. I drive her home. I know that when she gets out of my car to get back in her transport chair, almost, almost like guaranteed, is just like a. She's like, <laughs> she goes, ah, Jesus. And it's like that's. I just have to pretend I didn't like what? what I don't know. What are you talking about? What Jesus what? <laughs> not that I not that I want her to be embarrassed, but at least that shows a level of self awareness. And I think back to my nana who was that way, where like she would like walk across the room and like just toot her way across, and she would just have this smile on her face, like "What are you gonna do?" As opposed, to, like it was just like not proportional to how gross it was. You know what I mean? Like there should have been a little bit more of a an acknowledgement that. What was happening was socially obscene. <laughs> That's so funny. Just imagining an old lady like raising her eyebrows and be like, huh? Huh? You're going to say something? Yeah, it was I like, uh, you. you're, you're crazy Nana. And it's like, gross, lady. Can you? <laughs> Jeez, lady. <laughs> Just imagining her like floating across the room on a constant fart street. <laughs> <laughs> just like a little bit off the ground i grew up overseas too so i like n- never really knew her growing up and it's like this is so the first you're- time you're meeting me nana like <laughs> you're farting not, a, in my face. not a great first impression <laughs> and people like that i'm always like not to not to speak ill of your mom but i'm like i feel like you could be trying a little harder to not be doing this. <laughs> to not fart constantly. That's so even funny. Just make small incremental progress. Like, catch one or two of them on your walk across the room. You know? That's... <laughs> I mean, Enough maybe about my th- nano's farting. <laughs> Man, I hope she doesn't listen to this episode. <laughs> she, well, may she rest in peace. She's no longer with us, but... <laughs> I'm literally speaking ill of the dead, but... <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a reason why we, we had you on, Tim, and you're not disappointing. <laughs> uh so yeah, I um I just uh I don't know, I there's things that I, I watch and admittedly I'm I'm always late to new shit. So I tried to make my list with newer stuff I've been watching and I hmm. I almost can't. It's just stuff that I've been watching <laughs> and I think is good and I think people should watch. I uh <laughs> my screen froze and I look so derpy right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking um, a screenshot. <laughs> but uh my list is actually older things that I feel like people can catch up on during yes. pandemic. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Yes. <laughs> 
Yeah, um, my, mine is a mix of stuff. It's, I try to get like a mix of different types of media, so like movies and TV shows and stuff, and then a mix of like newer stuff that I'm into, things that I've like caught myself recommending to people in the past, and um, things I've revisited that like I kind of forgot how great they are. Yeah, that's that's a good way to go about it for sure. I um, oh my god, my body's falling apart. <laughs> Excuse me while I cough. <laughs> I'm going to have to start waking up and just like uh, singing a lot of songs before I get on the microphone. I got that morning that morning voice too mm. often. Yeah, um, where it's like a little froggy. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. Fucking hate it. Everything sucks. I also started, uh, I'm going back on the, on the keto diet as of today. Oh. Yeah, I got to um, reset here before the, uh, the beach weather comes, you know. Same. <laughs> Got to get the beach bod ready. Um, but I uh, I didn't prepare any food or anything, so I woke up and I haven't eaten today, and <laughs> I didn't have time to like whip up some eggs or like cook bacon or anything like that. <laughs> so the only thing I have that's like at hand was like pepperoni or like salami, and I didn't feel like eating just raw pepperoni or salami in the morning, so I chose not to eat anything. Yeah. Now Fair I'm enough. starving, which I guess is the point. Um, yeah, you can do some intermittent fasting. Yeah, I usually that's that. So, so my my weight loss plan of action, which has been successful in the past, is I'll do keto for like two, three months, and then I'll switch to intermittent fasting and kind of open up my diet so I can part participate in life a little more. Mm. Um, it's been good. I mean, it works for me. So I don't know. Take it for what you will. Uh, yeah. yeah. So top five current media recommendations. Uh, who would like to go first with their number five? Uh, I can start. All right. Let me write your name down. Go for it. Um, so my number five is the book, The Yiddish Policeman's Union by Michael Chabon. A book, cat. A book, yeah. <laughs> but it's a good book, um, which is why I'm recommending it. So Encyclocomica listeners um, might recognize that name. I've talked about him before. He's the writer of The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay. Um, but the Yiddish Policeman's Union is uh, like it's a mystery. Um, and with the current like chess interest from queen's gambit this uh, like revolves around like a chess master um and it's like a really small little detective like police unit in this place in sitka alaska which is like a um own like it's like a jewish province in alaska but it's like a it's a good mystery there's a murder um it it reads like a season of fargo so if you like Fargo, either the movie or the TV show, um, I think this will be right up your alley. And the Coens actually like have the rights to this story. I don't know if they're going to make a movie or a miniseries or anything with it, but um, it's a good winter mystery read. <clears throat> huh. How, uh, how long is a book? Uh, it's like standard novel size, maybe like 200 something pages. If, uh, if you said, hey, Matt, what's a standard novel size? I... <laughs> I couldn't answer the question. I'd, I'd probably say 500 pages. It makes That's, me feel so stupid how little I read. And like anytime someone is like, you should read this book. I'm, my brain is just like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I, and I think it's because 
uh, I hate what my phone is doing to my attention span. Like I, you know what I mean? I feel like oh, I would yeah. read like two pages and then put it down and do something else, you know? Yeah. I, but um, it sounds cool. I'm tr- also trying to get off my phone a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> you never know how much you use your phone until you consciously try to not use it. Yes. Mm-hmm. What a shock. What an yeah. absolute shock. I've like Especially, started. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say like for us watching as many movies as we we do, mm-hmm. like I just realized how much of a struggle it is to not have my phone out while I'm watching something and then like miss parts and have to like rewind it or yeah. like, you know, it's and I'm like, I feel like a fucking child that I can't give my undivided attention to something for two hours without having to like check if I got likes on Twitter. Like who gives a fuck? It's so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Um, no, that's exactly, that's exactly my, that's so Megan and I have done exactly that where, so essentially we, we put the baby to bed and then that's when we'll eat dinner and we'll watch one of our shows. So we've, we've decided we're like, we're like, when we do that, no more phones, no more phones. We're going to sit, we're going to watch TV together and eat dinner. Um, and I'll just subconsciously just pick up my phone. She's like, no phones. I'm like, fuck, you're right. And you know. <laughs> yeah. Her yeah. too, um, I'm so, but much more me than her, I think. Uh, I, I don't know, and I'm not looking at anything. I'm not looking at fucking anything. I'm not on Twitter. I have no skin in any game online at all. I just peruse Facebook for no reason. Yeah, it's such and a like, substanceless waste of time. It really is. Like I, I found myself scrolling sometimes just to scroll. Like I'm not reading anything. I'm not stopping to look at pictures. I'm just scrolling. And when I get to that point and I am aware that I'm just scrolling, I'm like, okay, put your phone down. Like I'll turn it face side down, like put it on a table or a counter, like away from me just so I like don't have it. I'm like, even, you don't need anything right now. Even like Wikipedia, like last night we were watching Tombstone and I would there were just Oof, like parts where I was, yeah, it's mm-hmm. great. But there were parts where I was like, oh, I wonder if that happened in real life. And then I'd start Googling it during the movie and I was like, I don't need to know this right now. Like I can <laughs> check this later. Yeah. Oh. But like, so I have challenged myself to, and challenge is not a great word, but like to start reading more physical books because I'm on my phone constantly. We're watching a lot of TV. I'm on the computer all the time for work and for school. My textbooks are online. So like I can feel my brain like being tired and like buzzing almost from all the electricity. I'm like, I need to look at a physical book. I need to look at like printed words that aren't like electronic and just give my brain a Mm. break and like let it be yep i i don't know i don't know when the last time i read a physical book was i do a lot of audio oh i do audio books i won't say a lot i probably listened to one over the course of like three months but uh i that's the way i get my books i have all the all the goosebumps books though oh that's fun i was gonna say i love your uh goosebumps Mm -hmm. hoodie Oh, that's right. It's awesome. Oh, uh, have you seen the... Oh, let me show you the back. Well, I'm going to stand up, everybody, so uh, mind your P's and Q's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's that's got, so like, badass. the dummy and the mummy and a skeleton. I'm forgetting their names, but that's awesome. It's like all the monsters. Yeah. I, um, I started online, <laughs> scrolling on Facebook, <laughs> and I just bought it. Um, 
but yeah, so I have all I have all the the Goosebumps books, and I'm hoping to read them with like Wednesday when she's just like uh, oh, that's so cool. Second or third, that'll be like, fun. That's like a very big thing I'm looking forward to. Uh, just to, for two reasons: to revisit the books themselves, and to just kind of share that uh, with her and, and see if she's into it. If she doesn't like it, I'll just get it. I'll just make another kid and try it again. <laughs> I saw I saw a tweet the other day that was like, if you read the Goosebumps books as a kid, you've grown up to have a borderline unhealthy obsession with horror. And I was <laughs> like, that's so true. <laughs> yeah. So true for me. I remember like in school, it was almost like competitive with like other students. Like, did you read this? No, you didn't read this. <laughs> Whatever. And it's yeah. like, oh, all right. And yeah. what a, what a, uh, like a good, good thing that R.L. Stein accomplished to like create a series of books that made kids want to read so much so that they were competitive with one another about mm-hmm. yeah, how many of the books they read. So, man, I want to, I want to read them now. I don't want to do a Goosebumps podcast, but then I looked into it. And there's already like five of them. I'm like, I'm not going to do another one. That sucks. <laughs> it does suck. That would be a yeah. cool concept. Yeah. yeah, it would. And now I can't do it. I can't do anything other people have done too many times. Well, you, if you had the right angle on it, like if it was like you and Wednesday reading it together or something like that and talking about it, that would be like pretty cute and different. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I've, I've, tr- I've tried to get an angle. I've tried to figure that out because you're right. You can always get like a, a new angle on something is, is always mm-hmm. fun. Um, I just haven't come up with one that has been like uh, appealing to me to appealing to me enough to sure pull the trigger, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would love to do that. I'm going to try to get Wednesday on the show as soon as possible. So cute. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's a so the Yiddish Policeman Union. The, the, yes, the Policeman's Union. Yes, and it's, it's a my mystery? number five. Yeah, it's like a it's a yeah, it's a mystery. <laughs> Detective story. Detective. Uh, all right, cool. Tim, do you want to go, or would you like me to go? Um, I can go next. This next one is one of my favorite things, but it's my number five just because it's kind of niche. So I only like recommend it under certain circumstances. And that is the R&B singer Miguel. Um, I, uh, for some reason, a few years ago, just got like super into R&B and specifically alternative R&B, like Frank Ocean and The Weeknd and Miguel. And uh, Miguel's music, especially out of that whole genre, really speaks to me, I think, just because of how um, kind of diverse his influences are. Like, he he lists influences that are like, you know, Marvin Gaye and other soul and R&B people, but also like Phil Collins and other like pop rock people. He It's, it's like... It reminds me of Prince in a lot of ways, just how many things are being taken and distilled into his sound. And then um, his voice is is just, he's one of my favorite singers of all time. Like literally for me, his voice is up there with like Freddie Mercury and Marvin Gaye. So, um, so yeah, yeah. He, had, he had like a, like a blip of some mainstream notoriety. I remember hearing about him for a little Most, bit. Mostly for kicking a woman in the face at a concert by accident. But um I but yeah. I don't remember that. But. He uh yeah, he performed at the Oscars a couple of years ago because he did re- remember me for Coco. Yeah. Uh he sang the the like studio recording of that mm-hmm. song. Oh no shit. What's a what's a if, if all right. You can you would tell me one song. Adorn it, it is his biggest hit. But is that the one you would recommend? 
I think so. There's two songs that I would recommend because that's that's one of his like very traditional R&B songs, and I think it highlights his voice really well, and it um, is just a great song. And then the other song I'd recommend is Waves because that that's one where his voice is, is still really great on it, um, but it's it highlights a little bit more of his rock influence, and which is one of my banger. favorite things about it. His voice is like extremely versatile because he has the like R&B croon and this like awesome falsetto that I love so much. But he also just has an, a great rock belt that he does, too. Hmm. Um, I just he just he's got so much vocal range. And uh, again, just like a really interesting mix of musical styles that he'll he'll bring into his his music and his albums kind of feel have very specific feels to them like the album that adorn is on is his his first really big mainstream record that he did and it's much more it has a it's still unique but it's very it's much more in the traditional r&b vein and then his album after that wild heart is more it it's almost like a lenny kravitz album in the sense that it's maybe more it's his definitely his most rock influenced album and i love that one a lot too sweet um, so let's hear a little bit of a this is a coming out uh, who uh what what old vj should introduce this, <laughs> this um i only know uh carson daly so <laughs> hi everyone carson daly here uh here's miguel on trli with adorn this is once again, Carson Daly. This is what I sound like <laughs> from memory. It's I picture his face and the hair in his his Abercrombie haircut. Um, the and fact his painted nails. His, his painted paint, nails. Yeah. His, I paint my nails. I'm Carson Daly. I paint them for uh, structural reasons so that they don't break, uh, and that's the only reason why. Also, I'm very old. Uh, I used to think he was so hot. A lot Just- of. A lot of people did think I was very attractive. I uh, I was so uh, banal that I, I, I had no controversy surrounding me. I never took anyone up on the offer, and I'm still a virgin. <laughs> it's me, Carson Daly. Here's Miguel with Adorn. What an effortless voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's smooth as butter, man. It it's, really, really uh, is. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. So, and, and again, like R&B is just like not for everybody. And he is, um, he's kind of like a little cheesy and over-sexualized in, a, in the way that a lot of R&B is. But um, there's something about it that I, his music that I just really connect to. So basically, anybody I know who's expressed like, liking the weekend at all or any type of r&b or soul i'll i always recommend him i am getting really into the weekend everyone i love the weekend so yeah i've said it so many times on this show i love a good gimmick he's got a good gimmick i i i am 100 percent in most of the time and this 
plastic surgery thing that he's doing. <laughs> it's so wild. It's cool. I'm like, this is different. It's also, I also really appreciate it when an artist at like his level, as far as like mainstream notoriety does things like this. Mm. Um, because I'm like, man, I, this is stuff I love. And it's such a, like, I love ghost, right? I love ghost. I love guar. Yeah. I love those things. So I've been like, but I love like his style of music too. And he's kind of the, first person that i'm aware of to start doing like a just like uh uh almost like a viral storyline character mm-hmm. behind the scenes thing tied into his music and I'm like this fucking rules and also his fucking album which didn't get any nominations yeah uh, it's insane it's fucking awesome it's so good the newest one yeah yeah it's so good and he i i love like you said that gimmick is really cool and it ties in well with his like i'm a dark michael jackson almost yeah um right it 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 is it feels the plastic surgery thing feels very uh thriller to me in a way that's not like obviously not ripping it off but like it just works really well with what he's going for overall absolutely yeah he was gonna have uh when his album Starboy came out he had a deal with marvel where he was gonna make a comic series related to that album where he was like a vigilante named Starboy, and there was a cannibalistic mob that was like his biggest threat and he was gonna take them down but then this the series never like oh materialized that sucks that's a bummer yeah that would have been awesome cool that's a good number five miguel uh, my number yeah. five um, is a YouTube series that I'm a I'm a big fan of and is still going on. Is uh, you ever watch uh, Defunct Land? No, I've never heard of it. Mm-mm. Really? They're very so. It, it's a theme park history um, show. It's been going on for a few years. It's very well done. It's done by this guy named Kevin Perger, and there's seasons of it and. It, it's it's just a it's a theme like it's a th- it's a theme park history of uh like failed or old uh attractions throughout the world for whatever reason there's a lot of disney obviously um but then there's a lot of other parks in like uh other parts of the country that have like storied past of how they came to be why they failed what happened with them and uh it's it's just so well done i i love it i, I watch um, I watch like an episode on lunch every day. Um, That's such a cool concept. Yeah, it sounds really cool. So the cool thing is, right? So the the overall concept of it is, so Defunct Land is what he wanted to do. This was years ago. And actually, it just happened for the first time very recently, was he wanted to start a project where Defunct Land is a new theme park. that It's a virtual theme park that he's creating of all the old defunct attractions. Huh. And they just released um, their first ever, like they finally got it done and they made a VR uh, experience, uh, the first defunct land attraction of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea that's from Disney. Sick. Um, yeah, so that's the whole thing. So there's like websites where you can go to and they, they, have, they make like park maps of <laughs> like what the parks, like the layout of it and things like that. That's so cool. Yeah, it's super. It's super awesome. And, and if you're like a theme park guy like me, or you're just interested in the history, um, the Funkland is an excellent, excellent, excellent show. There's other ones too that do similar things. I just like the Funkland. It's just my personal, my personal take on it. Um, How many thing, seasons or episodes or whatever? Um, 
there's three seasons at least, but there's I think season four is, is coming out soon. And also there's other like um other bonus videos in between the seasons. But I've learned so much from it. And um it's also cool because I'm such a theme park enthusiast to really hear about I, I obviously love the Disney stuff, I love the Universal stuff. Um, but I know a lot about those already. And I've like I've done my research and like I've read up on them. It's interesting to hear about like other foreign parks of like just rich eccentric people they're like i want a theme park so they like decided to build it and then like halfway through they're like i don't want it anymore so it just sat there <laughs> um and like things like that um in like a lot of yeah six, that does sound super cool a lot of six flag stuff which i don't know about which is also interesting because it's essentially like the, the the franchise of theme parks right they're all across yeah. the country um and how like those come to be and how they go out of business and um i also really like when they they talk about a ride that you know existed for a while its popularity how it affected the park and then when they took it down how that affected the park but like how they reuse some things and how if you go there and you look here it's the same building from this whole it's like stuff like that i'm just like oh, yeah. that's so sick that is really like little easter eggs of past Tons rides of that's oh, yeah. cool what's been like the the biggest mind-blowing like reuse or reskinning that you've seen oh um so it's actually probably a disney one and that is uh so disney has a had a a ride called like uh what was it called like the limousine disney california adventure limousine ride or something like that disney land limousine <laughs> ride. i have to look it up <laughs> But it's uh, essentially what happened with Disney's California uh, Adventure was it sucks. Do you know that? Like the, I'll give you the short version of it. Yeah, I don't think I know. So Disneyland's California Adventure was the extension to Disneyland, and what happened was when when that was being built, Euro Disney was being built at the same time. So funds and resources were split in Disney. Uh, Disneyland Paris, which was Euro Disney at the time, um, got pretty much all of the love, and Disney California Adventure got like just whatever was left over. <laughs> so they made like these rides, and um, this is one where it was essentially it was a um, a dark ride where you would go in a limousine and you were a celebrity and you were being chased by the paparazzi, and it was simulating that, but. During this time is when the Princess Diana tragedy happened. Yikes. So like the ride was like 90% complete. And then that happened. And they had to shift the whole thing. Yikes. Last minute to no longer being kind of like chased by the paparazzi. um, To essentially just going through Hollywood. And like uh, it's all-star limousine I believe it's called. All star limo. They changed <laughs> it to you have to get to the Aerosmith concert. <laughs> <laughs> Superstar limo. That's what it's called. Superstar limo. I'm looking at pictures from inside this ride and Drew Carey. So that's what they did, right? So what they did was essentially it took you through Hollywood and all it did, and they just made cardboard like wood cutouts of celebrities. And you just drive through. It looks like a ride where you just go through and these caricatures of celebrities like Drew Carey just pop out oh my god and it's a real shit ride however 
they reskinned it and now that's like a monster's ink ride and if you go through like people have done videos where they like they've turned a lot of the celebrity things they had it like built and they just put like uh monster's ink uh, the people from uh like the 2314 what the hell's that that agency in monster's ink called uh, oh, I, don't uh, I forget. Well, anyway, they just they just put those suits on these like celebrity <laughs> models, and you can tell who they are because they have the same silhouettes as like Whoopi Goldberg. Oh my god! But now they're just yellow. That's so funny. This share figure is gonna give me nightmares. Yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. The concept of this ride just makes me think of like if you were trying to make your own ride in your basement for your kids. <laughs> <laughs> you just like carry them around in a chair, like buy these little vignettes. Oh my god! Yep, and it has like a really sh- like shitty intro video with some bad CGI. Um, but it's 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 crazy. That whole thing is it still exists technically. It's just a different ride now, and uh, it's it was awful. It, it it could not succeed from the start. So that was a, that was a good one. So they have a, an episode on that. So if you're ever interested in, in learning more about it, it's it's a wild story because of I because definitely want to check this out now. Yeah, same. It's good. It's good. I highly recommend it. Obviously, that's a part of this episode. So that's my number five is uh Defunct Land. Check it out. Uh <laughs> cat number four. My number four is a video game um called Unravel. Oh, I've I've played Unravel. This is actually yeah. a game that I've actually played. It's, I'm so pumped. It rules. Yeah, it's a beautiful game. The sound the score is amazing um for anyone that hasn't played it you're like this little yarn guy named yarny right yarny yeah. mm-hmm. that sounds um, right, yeah. and you're just like going through these scandinavian landscapes like just swinging around doing some puzzle solving and you're like collecting these little memories from a family and like storing it, yeah. them it's like a 2d platform yeah mm-hmm. but it's but like it- so incredibly beautiful yeah Yeah. it's gorgeous um and it's just like very relaxing and sweet um it's It's very like emotional yeah like you said you're kind of like rediscovering these family memories and you're going to the like it'll be like i think the levels if i'm remembering right are like you'll see a picture in the house Mm -hmm. of a beach day that the family had together or whatever and the level is like you at the beach trying to do certain things and yeah i remember um, getting to the end of that game and just like bawling <laughs> yeah that's what i was afraid of and i didn't finish it <laughs> as i was, was going through it i was like mm, this is uh this is getting pretty heavy <laughs> and it was one of the i would say that's like the first video game you ever played start to finish probably right cat yeah. yeah um and i think i played it right after i played yoshi's woolly world so i was just like i'm really into yarn games <laughs> <laughs> have you um, um have you played unravel 2 no not yet we keep talking about how we need to play cuz that one you can play is like a co-op which That's seems awesome. fun um but we haven't yeah. played it yet one thing i love about that game and like i i'll never forget it just because it's so pretty and i just love the way it looks is the way the f- is like when you have to put like apples in water yes oh god it's the physics are incredible the water looks so goddamn yeah. clean it's, yeah. it's awesome i love it it's so it's, just, oh, it's nice. the look of it reminds me of like the dream of the mist games 
you know, where like <laughs> the background and everything just like looked so pretty and obviously much more modern than that. But um, just reminded me of the first time playing that game and being like, wow, these these uh, like landscapes are so so pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, like it feels like you're playing a fairy tale. Very much, yeah. Yeah. And the music's really nice, and like you said, it's very <laughs> relaxing. Um, even though I got some, I got stuck on some parts. I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like the, as it goes on, there are definitely some levels where the difficulty increases, and you have to almost make like different lev- like levers, and do some problem solving that can take a bit. But yeah, yeah it's absolutely. not too challenging, but it no. has like some some. Uh, enjoyable 2d platformer puzzle solving mechanics yeah absolutely but it's just like especially right now when you're stuck inside in the winter just playing a game where you're like outside the whole time and it's nice and woodsy and there's sunshine and just like warm colors it's it's very relaxing it is nice i'm like thinking about it i wish i I should go back and finish it i'm i don't want to cry too much (laughs) it's it's not that i wouldn't say it's that heavy it's it it's just, it's kind of like sweet and emotional. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, you're like, I cried just because I was like so touched. It wasn't like sad. Yeah. It's very, it's very like, um, it, it's cool too to have a game where it's, it's low stakes, right? Cause you're not like, mm-hmm. oh no, if the world's going to end if we don't beat this or like someone's going to die if we don't, it's, you're just like kind of uncovering this, the story of this family, um, so it, it was just interesting to have a game where like that's what the stakes are, but you're still really invested in it. Mm-hmm. Right. No, it's, it's, it's a good, that's a great recommendation. Really, really yeah. is. Especially too, because, and this might, maybe this will be my number four that I just, I think people who may not be that into video games, but feel like they have nothing to do during lockdown. Mm-hmm. Those types of games are, are a great entry point into playing yeah, video games. It's, it's a story. So it keeps you invested in that capacity. Yeah. And again, like it's not too hard. So my number four is online gaming. Um, <laughs> Just in general, in general, because I, again, I feel like I don't really think of myself as a gamer. Like I, I love a lot of, games obviously but i just i'm i'm not the guy that is going to play uh call of duty competitively online or any of that type of stuff and i do think there are a lot of people out there like me who are intimidated by the idea of online gaming because that's kind of their impression of it but there's so much out there now that's very like newbie or casual friendly that um that a is very accessible for people but also a, a great way to to hang out with your friends socially online. Um, like the latest one for me, I just got hugely into rocket league with oh, some hell of my yeah. friends. What are you playing on? Uh, oh, it's, it's cross, it's, oh, it's cross platform. It is. Though, right? Yeah. It's, it's cross platform. Yeah. Oh shit. We'll have to play. Yeah. I love that. I mean it, and it's, it's the best. It's like, it's so easy to pick up and fun, but like there's plenty of like room to try to get really good at it if you want to. Right. And yeah. then, and it's a it's a blast to play with like four of your friends online facetiming together and uh i i just feel like that type of stuff just being able to play video casual video games online with my friends is something that i 
would be totally lost without during the pandemic. And I just hate the idea that people would be thinking online gaming is not for them because they don't know some of the games that are out there that they could potentially be really into and enjoying with their friends. One thing I would like, uh, <clears throat> I would jump on and suggest too. I mean, this is going to be like a little bonus recommendation, but it kind of just, just to tail off what you're, what you're talking about, Tim, uh, a game that's really good about that, especially as, specifically for playing with your friends, right? Um, in a very low stakes, casual thing is, um, the sea of thieves on Xbox <laughs> because the game has a lot of criticisms because it is like not a lot to do, uh, mm-hmm. kind of. But it's very much a it's it's what you make of it type of game where it's a lot of fun if you're playing with three buddies and you're playing as pirates and you're being <laughs> goofy and you're sailing around and you're just doing pirate shit and it's it's a lot of fun because mm. you just you go, Oh, there's a ship and it's like you can just do whatever. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. let's go take that let's go let's go see who's on that ship and you can either like fight them or you can try to like befriend them or just fuck with them and like uh, cannonball the shit out of them yeah or just or you can get drunk in the game um <laughs> i don't know if you guys ever played it you can get grog no. yeah you can i've get watched grog. videos of it but i've never played it yeah you get grog and you drink it and then you your character becomes drunk and becomes very hard to control and everything starts to get blurry <laughs> um, so it's like I remember playing one time with some friends and like a storm hit like out of nowhere so we were like fuck 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 and like the only person near this like the like the, the thing that needed to happen like lowering one of the sails was just spent the whole the past like 15 minutes just like just drinking so we're like you need to do this and, like because I'm over here he's like I'm trying I can't I'm drunk it was just, I don't know, moments like that are very fun. But that, that game is very much a, like you're saying, like a, just hang out with some buddies and just do some stupid stuff. Yeah, and it, there's a, I feel like there's a ton of stuff like that. Jackbox, I think, is one of the mm-hmm. things that a lot of people have, have played online. But also, like, so much of what you can play on the Nintendo Switch lends itself to that. Like Mario Party, Mario Kart, even Smash Brothers, you can play fairly casually if with, uh, with your friends online. So, I just, I think... If you're bored during lockdown and you haven't explored online gaming with your friends because you're you don't want to just get owned in Halo or Call of Duty, like just look into what's out there for first time gamers or more casual gamers, because it's just such a great, great way to connect with people uh, virtually and and just do something different than staring at a movie or a TV show. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's a good one. That is a good one. All right, my number four. Uh, my number four is a movie. It's an old movie, but I've seen it before. I watched it again recently just because of current events. Uh, reminded me of it. And when I watched it, I was like, oh, I forgot how fucking good this movie is and the, all the people in it. But my number four is The Big Short. Oh, oh yeah, that's a good one. Very topical right now. Very topical right now. Um, and... There's a, I mean, Steve Carell's in it. Brad Pitt's in it. Ryan Gosling is in it. Um, what else is it? There's some other people. Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie has mm-hmm. a bathtub scene in it. <laughs> um, Anthony Bourdain, R- R.I.P., is in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's about the 2008 housing crisis. And I know, like when you explain, when you say that, it sounds boring. It's not. The movie yeah. does an yeah. excellent job of being very entertaining, very uh, funny at times. While also 
very well explaining what the fuck happened, how it happened, and like what the fallout was from it. Mm-hmm. Um, so if like if you're seeing the news about GameStop and like shorting and like uh, hedge funds and you know the you know the wealthy elite and the retail you know traders and things like that, um, this isn't about that per se, but it kind of gives you a idea of the power of that banking and uh, the financial elites have, which is pretty insane. Um, yeah. And it does it in a very fun, entertaining way. Um, so I, I highly recommend The Big Short. Yeah, that, it, it was nominated for Best Picture, wasn't it? I think so. Because I, I remember, I think we watched it the year we were trying to watch all the Best Picture nominees. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. And uh, But yeah, like you said, it's for the subject matter, it's insanely entertaining. Isn't it? I think it's an Adam McKay movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, oh yeah, Christian Bale is in it, oh, and he's Christian like kind Bale of fat. Um, uh, Christian, oh, you know, he's not fat. He has a wonky eye. Oh yeah, because and he like, plays drums. And he plays drums, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's autistic, right? Yeah. yeah, he's got like a social, uh, a social um, issue going on with him. But uh, it's so the guy that plays the guy that Christian Bale plays is the guy who figured out um, about the housing bubble and. He was like the one person who was like, "This is going to happen," and it's insane that uh, it's almost like I don't know if like his I, I don't know if he's autistic. I would assume it's, it's some form of autism. Um, I just don't want to like speak about it because I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it is Asperger's or something like that. I remember looking it up at one point, but yeah, because he's got like a crazy mind for patterns and things, and that's how he yeah foresees it. Um, but the thing that I was going to say about that is he is like he's in this financial world, and he has people. He has literally everybody, people like millionaires and all these other high level, you know, financial people telling him he's wrong, and he's just like, I know I'm right. And yeah. it's insane to like look at that. And when I was watching it, I was like, this is 2008. And it's like, it's so crazy. I just thought about like how hard it is nowadays to hold your convictions if they're unpopular by a group, no matter what it is, right? Yeah. Whether, you're, whether you are actually right or wrong, but just believing that you are and having that much conviction to 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 hold your position or hold your stance against like the masses telling you that you are incorrect. It's so satisfying at the end too, when he sends like everybody, all the money that he made off yeah. of the bet that he was making. And he's, <laughs> and he's just like, you're welcome. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like there's like an email he sends at the end of somebody and you read it and it's like, uh, because he, he, during the movie he has to, he has to hold position and like he tells everyone they can't take their money out of this hedge fund. And everyone wants to like take their money out because he's uh, he's making this huge gamble on it, and it, it doesn't go well for a while, right? That's right. Part, that's you got to watch the movie for that. But it eventually goes the way he he predicts, and he's like, you know, encloses the check or for your four hundred and eighty nine million dollar profit. <laughs> um, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, it's it sounds like such a heavy movie and such a dry topic, but it really is so funny and they make it light. Yeah, it's good. And Ryan Gosling, 
I Fro's I a big Ryan Gosling guy, and I, I hate to admit when Fro's right, but Ryan Gosling <laughs> is great. He is yeah, he's he great. Amazing. He's very charming. I saw a an SNL skit that I never saw before recently with Ryan Gosling. It was like one of the shorts. Mm-hmm. Um did you see the one where it's like a Christmas episode and they have a guy playing Santa at like this party. They're like new to the neighborhood. Yes, and he thinks it's really Santa. Yeah, him and um <laughs> Vanessa, Vanessa Bear. Bear. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, Don't he's like he's like, Are you fucking he's like, Are you kidding me? It's like and like they're freaking out and uh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so funny. You should look it up if you haven't seen it. Another I love bonus recommendation. I love the one where he's like like haunting the guy that used papyrus for the avatar font. <laughs> <laughs> he's like sending him letters that are like i know what you did <laughs> it's, it's wicked funny he's funny and like uh mm-hmm. in the most not com- like a uh, expected comedic way he he's so good at what he does it's he's yeah great. he's really is great yeah uh but yeah it's my number four is a big short that's a good one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um so number threes my number three is an album that came out this year from a local band, uh, Four Years Strong, and the album is Brain Pain. It's my number three recommendation. Um, if you're not familiar with the band, they're like punk, hardcore, a little bit of metal, some poppy, some pop punk melodies, um, they're super fun. I have said this to Tim before. I feel like they were designed in a lab just for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this album is such a good use of their influences and their style because it's got like some grunge influence on it, some punk influence, some hardcore um and just like lyrically, yeah. it's so well done. Every single song is a banger. Um it's definitely my album of 2020 it like got me through the year really Um, yeah i um for your strong hit me at just the right time as my musical influences were shifting because i had been hugely into pop punk and was starting to get into metalcore when um their big first album came out rise or die trying and so i was so into that record and i liked the one after it too and then there they had like a few albums after that where like i liked one or two songs and but otherwise wasn't that into it and this album i love i this is i maybe like this album more than um rise or die trying and i just feel like that's super rare for a band to come out like 10 to what 15 years later Mm -hmm. and do a record that is as strong as the record that everyone comes to their shows for. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Cause they just, they took so much like time and care and were just like so meticulous with their songwriting and it really, really shows through my, uh, my, my pop, my old pop punk band, uh, all hands on deck. Our, our first show was with four years strong. Really? uh, yeah, at Drifters in New Hampshire. That's, That's so awesome. Cool. Yeah, it was. Uh, no one came, like anybody, <laughs> for for anything. <laughs> um, and then they and then they they had that album come out and they blew up and uh, it was cool. But um, yeah, so Four Years Strong, I I like them. I I don't have like, any problem with them. They blew up hard. Like they were everywhere yeah. for a bit. They had a mm. real big flash in the pan, uh, which is great for them. Same with like um uh, like Set Your Goals. Was kind yeah. of along the lines of like that 
uh, style of, of title like, fight too. Yeah, right? title yeah. fight, title fight. I, so like title fight had like did this thing where title fight was another pop punk band where they had this album come out and then the, no, like the immediate second album was like a, a complete shift from the first album. Mm. And I was like, hmm. So that's like decision. what happened with Finch, where their first album was like super fun and pop punky, and then their second album came out, and you're like, is this the same band? Yeah, I was like, what a weird, weird thing. But what's like, um, I haven't heard the new album from Four Year Strong. What's a good, uh, what's a good uh, sample here? Uh, I like um, Crazy Pills a lot. That's yeah, that's a good one. Or um, Talking in Circles is maybe a good one too. All right, let's go with. They're literally track three and four. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, this is uh, Chris. Uh, this is Carson Daly. I'm back again. <laughs> this, uh, this is a band called Four Year Strong, and uh, they're a pop punk band with some hardcore influence. I I like them. The kids like them. I'm a kid still. <laughs> I live in a Tupperware container <laughs> where I don't age, but a la the Erie Indiana episode. Yeah, I was gonna from say back in the day. <laughs> Um, I'm 102. Thank you. This is Score Year Strong. Whoa, riffs, huh? Yeah. yeah. There's some, some really strong riffs on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, um, they're from Worcester, Mass, and they do a Christmas show every year. And this year, they obviously couldn't do one because of the pandemic. So they did a, um, a Christmas special virtually, and all of the proceeds from that went to the Palladium, which is where they usually have their Christmas show. So I thought that was cool, like a nice way to still like give back to where they're from. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't know they had a new album. That does sound that that riff was it's, good. It's yeah. weird too, because like I where I mostly do stand up or did before the pandemic was in Worcester. So like a lot of the dudes that do that there are friends with the guys from Four Year Strong. And the, <laughs> like to me, they're kind of celebrities and they're like, Oh yeah, I went to high school with those guys, you know? Yeah, and they were like, and one of the guys was in their most recent music video, and it's weird to be like, Oh, I know that guy. <laughs> I love stuff like that. Yeah, but they they like just seem like such nice guys too. Like one of them, and when he's not doing um, four year strong stuff, has like a Christmas tree farm, and just yeah, they like, just have like yeah weird lives. local businesses and stuff. Yeah. yeah, the only the handful of times I've interacted with them, they've always been very nice. So they are nice people. I will also agree to that. <laughs> Uh, so that was your number three, yep. Tim, number three, my number three is a movie that came out last year and it's been on my mind a little bit because we just had groundhogs day and that movie is Palm Springs. Oh, is that with, uh, um, who's uh, Andy Samberg yes. and, uh, is it Kristen Milioti? Is that her name? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it or aren't familiar with it, it's basically a groundhogs day concept where Andy Samberg is, um, reliving the the same wedding day over and over again. Um, and it's for, I want to say his girlfriend's sister, something like that. Uh, I think it's his girlfriend's friend. And uh, yeah, but it's the kind of twist on it is that 
you pick up where he has already been living this day over and over again for like, you have no idea, but like an insanely long time for like maybe hundreds of years. And he just has that day down like perfectly. It's like the part in Groundhog's Day at the end where he just can, he's honed all these weird skills and everybody knows him and loves him over the course of a single day. It's that type of a vibe, but he's basically just given up on ever getting out of this day. And so is using the day to, um, just try to make the most of it. Um, and it's so funny and charming and it's a a romantic comedy between him and Kristen Milioti, who's one of the other people at the wedding. And he, you find out that he's been trying to like get close to her, like figure out how to work this day so that he can end up with her on as many of the, the replays of the day as he can. And then I don't want to give too much away about it, but, um, other people start to get pulled into the loop with him. And so he has to figure out how to, um, get out of it. There's like a lot, there's much more of like a sci-fi bent to it than there is in like a groundhog's day. Um, but it's a great cast. It's, they do a lot of, um, if you've ever seen, um, last man on earth, they do a lot of stuff in that show that I think is really funny where you're, you're like, what would you literally do if you were the last man on earth? And just a lot of clever, funny things that come out of that. And same thing with this movie where like, they're just like, what are the funniest things you would do if you were stuck in the same day over and over again? And how would you blow off steam and try to have fun? And and if there um, are no consequences for your actions, yeah. cause it resets. Um, but yeah, I, if, if you like sci-fi, if you like um, kind of high concept comedy movies, it's, it's absolutely worth a watch. It's a great cast. Um, it's a yeah. blast to watch. Yeah, Megan and I, uh, we watched it. It was good. She's a big Andy Samberg fan. Mm. Um, no, it was good. I like that. I thought it was fun. Yeah, it's really cute. It's very funny. Oh, I feel like yeah. it's, it's always, um, I'm always impressed by movies like that and Groundhog Day and uh, Edge of Tomorrow, Live, Die, Repeat or whatever, because there you feel like there'd be so much risk of it being boring and repetitive um, just because they're living the same day over and over again. So anytime they make a movie like that where it like the story still progresses, even though the time doesn't is always really impressive to me. Mm-hmm. And I also feel like it came out at the right time because it, I think it often feels like we're all living the same day over and over again. <laughs> and so there was something like kind of cathartic about watching that too. Yeah. It's the world we all live in now, but, um, yeah, it's, it, that's a, that's a tough one to talk about without trying to give too much away about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for uh, sure. it is good though. It was fun. Yeah. It's on Hulu if you're looking for it. Is it on Hulu? Mm-hmm. I yeah. never remember what I'm watching. <laughs> as far as like the channel goes. Yeah, they uh Hulu bought the like production rights to it and it was supposed to come out in the theaters and uh they brought it to Sundance and they sold it for the most amount of money that a screenplay has ever sold at Sundance. But they looked up what the previous one was, and then they added sixty nine cents to the end of it to make it <laughs> to make it the highest selling by sixty nine cents. Of course, <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> um, right. So my my number three, yeah, my number three is I don't know if anyone's seen this. It's on Netflix, but my recommendation is Ozark. 
Oh, I've oh. heard very good things about that show. Oh. That's the one with Jason Bateman, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so season four is about to air, I think, in a couple weeks, maybe? And I guess it's the final season. But uh, it's an excellent show. It's very much in the guise of... Um, it's a, like a, a very addicting show. It's, it takes place... Uh, well, it takes place now. That doesn't matter. <laughs> but um, the story is Jason Bateman plays a like a financial. I don't know if he's like an analyst or he's a he's like a financial advisor. He manages money essentially. He manages money, and he gets uh, wrapped up in managing the books for like a drug cartel. Hmm. And the thing is. Jason Bateman, his character is a very straight-laced kind of like just a, a normal family man guy who has some problems at home, but like the drug cartel world is huge, um, and he gets wrapped up in it because his partner at the financial firm who got into the cartels with them was skimming money from the cartels, um, so obviously that didn't go well. So now he has to essentially pay back the money to the cartels or else like his whole family's going to get killed and it's this incredibly stressful and the way he's doing that is he's 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 laundering money. He has to launder money for the cartels. So he moves down to Ozark because he sees like an opportunity to essentially buy up businesses so that he can improve uh, under the guise of just improving the businesses, but he's really trying to clean money through these businesses <laughs> but it's incredible the characters are in, are in, are awesome uh there's local drug dealers in like ozark that he has to contend with um versus a cartel. it's 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 a real web of like shit this guy keeps getting deeper and deeper into but kind of like um what was uh, like breaking bad he his, so his wife gets involved and his wife was like this old political advisor so she like has like that skill of leveraging people or, or things like that and their lives are so kind of boring that they, they between him and his <laughs> wife where he just wants to do what they need to do to be safe and get the fuck out of there and his wife is like slowly kind of like leaning into this <laughs> being, having like, like a cartel power behind her um, and it just gets wilder and wilder um, that sounds really cool it, yeah, remi- it, sound it reminds right. me a lot of breaking bad it, of like somebody who doesn't belong in that world getting yes. sucked into it yeah it, it's very good um and it's uh i don't know so the last season's coming up and season three ended on something that happened out of like nowhere and you're like oh my christ what the hell's gonna happen next um so season four is the final season i believe so it's, it's, the story will wrap up which I'm a big I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of these like four season long shows. Yeah, um, it's nice to know that there's an end to it. Um, yeah, it ties it up, and then you you don't feel like there's a lot of like filler episodes or like yeah. slower pacing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like every episode matters, right? Yeah, and you feel like you're in better you're in good hands. I think ever since Lost, people are like yes. worried about a show that <laughs> meanders and like doesn't. You're you're like worried if they planned this out in advance, but knowing that there's four or five seasons of something is like you can just relax and know that it's one journey. Yep. Um, so it's 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 good because 
you know, they have to do, they have to achieve all these things within local politics. And that brings in all these other people who have all, you know, who have uh, like loyalties to other people that lobbied. It's just, and Jason Bateman's character is just like trying his goddamn best to try to, (laughs) to try to get this done while keeping his family safe and also managing his family. So he has two kids as well. And the daughter's older and like the son wants to be just like his dad. And they eventually like during the show, they kind of come clean with the kids of like what's going on because the kids are like, why the fuck are we moving to Ozarks in Missouri? Like what's going on? Like whatever. Uh, so they come clean and then the, the hmm. kid kind of um, like I say, looks up to his dad and is, he's good. He wants to do what his dad does. So he, he, <laughs> he gets a little money somehow and starts laundering money himself as like a like, young boy <laughs> and his dad's like what are you doing and he's like and his, his like he's like i did this and i did this because that's what you told me you know to do and like blah 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 but then the daughter's like morally against it and she's like uh, a recluse and like puts you know constantly like her moral struggle puts the family in danger because she can't just like go to the police and if she talks too much you know the cartel it's like it's a whole and like jason Bateman's yeah. just like pulling his hair out because his <laughs> wife is like has like dreams of being this cartel power uh his kid is following in his footsteps that he doesn't even want to be in himself and then his daughter is like this uh you know uh, you know moral compass trying to rec you know reconcile hmm. her 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 own position and what's going on and um it's good it's really good do you watch a uh, better call saul no i wanted to i and i I feel like I missed the boat and I can't get in. I'm not allowed anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's that would be an honorable mention for me, and it sounds like there's a lot of overlap just in terms yeah. of like slowly getting into the cartel and like liking it more than you like at first it's a necessity and then you're like enjoying the power that it comes with. Yeah. Right. And I have um so for me, um uh like demon and possession movies and horror are like my favorite and then when it comes to crime or anything like this cartels for me 100 <laughs> percent. i love narcos there's, i love i love the cartel stuff there's so much meat there yeah and i'm ter- I, I am genuinely scared of cartels i will not go anywhere where i think there might be one <laughs> i am very terrified yeah they're scary Yes, very much. I've seen too much shit on like the dark web of awful <laughs> things. I'm like, I I don't know. I'm very scared. <laughs> um, but it's so interesting. It's so fucking mm-hmm. interesting. They're like hierarchy and like the way that they operate and the way they work. And it's just like this, this, this like lifestyle and this culture and these rules that just like they, I don't know. It's crazy. If, is Narcos good? I've heard good things. About I love that Narcos. Too. Narcos is so good. I'll recommend that all day, every day. Narcos is very good. Me likey. <laughs> uh, that's my number three cat. Number two. My number two is the show Detroiters um, with Tim Robinson from So I Think You Should Leave and uh, Sam Richardson, who appears on So I Think You Should Leave and he was on Veep. Um, it was their sitcom. It ran two seasons, just 10 episodes each season. They are two ad men in Detroit and they just come up with these super ridiculous commercials. Um, and every commercial feels like a mini, I think you should leave sketch. <laughs> um, it's so absurd. It's so oh. funny. 
but like there's so much heart and their friendship is just a joy to watch. Um, I love, we love the show so much. We've watched it like three times. What, um, (laughs) what, uh, what, what platform is it on? That's Um, the worst part or the only bad part is like, (laughs) yeah, we, we had to get like a comedy central extension on Amazon prime to be able to watch it. Like for some reason, like so many comedy central shows are like very hard to watch. Um, you can't, get them like on demand or whatever you have to like, I don't know. It's, I don't understand why they do it that way. It should just be free if you have comedy central, I think. Yeah. So it was a comedy central show. Um, I think it's like comedy central.com or CBS all access, or you can get like the extension on prime. If you, um, are good at pirating, I'm sure you could get it that (laughs) way. It's, it's absolutely worth watching. It's, so good especially if you like i think you should leave like it's mm-hmm. it's obviously not exactly that because it's a sitcom and it's it's more about their relationship but the sense of humor is definitely the same mm-hmm. um no kidding yeah it's it's so good it's so funny and like it, it, because they're like local access commercials they actually based a lot of them on real public access commercials <laughs> which is so funny when you find the real ones they're based on um because they seem so insane in the context yeah. of the show and then you watch the real one and you're like holy shit they they basically did that commercial exactly <laughs> yes and just heightened it a little bit there's one commercial that they do for like a local um supermarket where the joke is that the song makes people horny and so they just <laughs> they just show they show like people watching the commercial at home and then like husbands and wives like slowly inching toward each other during yeah, the, and the like thing. making eyes. Um, it's there, so weird. <laughs> there was, there's an episode where they, um, where someone that works for them makes a commercial for a local like optometrist and there's like a dance in it and it's called like this, the hunky specs dance. And that's based on a real uh, commercial where it's like sexy specs. And it's just all these like hot people wearing glasses and dancing. Jesus. <laughs> it's so funny. I gotta go. absolutely recommend it. And like, they sing all the jingles for the commercials in their own <laughs> yeah. voices. And so like the people they're doing the ads for are always so jarred by, by the resulting commercials. Yeah. That's so funny. Uh, it's, it's amazing. It's so good. It's so goofy and fun and just like really absurd. So yeah, if you, if you like, it's a quick watch too. It's only yeah. like two seasons, half hour episodes, 10 episodes each. Yeah. Like you could probably watch the whole thing in a day. Um, let me see if I can find like a uh, commercial. Dun, 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 dun. New high. I mean, these are all way too long. I just wanted like let's see. Oh, Devereaux Wigs is a a big one. Yeah, Devereaux Wigs. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think what else. There's like, there's like a hot tub king one that's really funny, but mostly <laughs> in the context of the episode. Yeah. Um. Huh. I just. I mean, yeah, you're right. Like the fact that like I can't. Uh, I can't just find like a clip of just a commercial of whatever. Oh, Tim Meadows makes an appearance. Yeah, yeah there's a ton of great cameos in it. I think it's pro- it's produced by Lorne Michaels, so there's a lot of SNL and, cameos. Yeah, and, and Jason Sudeikis um, is like a co-producer, and he cameos on it. Hmm. Oh, 
Uh, I'm sorry, everyone. I wish I tried to find it. I just nothing's nothing's working. <laughs> God damn it! I'll watch. Just it later. pirate it. I think they would yeah. want you to. <laughs> yeah. It's what it's what they want you to do. <laughs> it is. It's what they'd want. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, Tim, number two. Yeah, I went back and forth between which one of these would be my number two and which one would be my number one. I think my number two is going to be the show Nathan for you. Oh, um, oh, I got to get back into that. That's such a good call. I, mm-hmm. I, uh, we watched it while it was on in real time, but um, during quarantine, revisited it, and I, it holds up so well. It's so fucking funny. I, I, like all of his like business ideas make me like cry laugh. Um, and I just, I feel like a, like a, definitely a lot of people watched the show and were into it, but I know a lot of people who it kind of flew under the radar or it, it had gone on long enough that they felt like they missed the boat and it was too late to get into it. And yeah. uh, one of my friends actually in the Worcester comedy scene just started watching it for the first time. And it's been like super satisfying to kind of relive it through him being like, Oh my God, I just got to this episode. I can't fucking believe how, how good this is. <laughs> and like he, for a while he was like texting me after every episode about how, how fucking funny the concept was. Um, it's, if you don't have any familiarity with it, basically the concept is that this guy he plays it totally straight. Like he's a, a business advisor and wants to help small businesses with like his creative business solutions, but they're always like the most insane <laughs> schemes that he comes up <laughs> with. Like one of my favorite ones is that he's going to help a local electronic store oh. by, um, <laughs> by doing a price match guarantee where that store will offer their TVs for $1. But in order to get the TV, you have to do insane stuff, like go through a small room that has an alligator in it and like wear a tuxedo to the store, but they don't tell you that in advance. So it's like almost impossible to actually take advantage of the $1 price. And then the business owner would go to Best Buy and force them to match the $1 (laughs) price match so that he can get like all this inventory of TVs that he can then resell from his store. So that's like the type of thing that he does. And they're, it's just like people's reactions to him presenting these ideas and him talking the business owners into trying them. Um, That's so funny. There are some episodes that are so uncomfortable. Like I've had to like watch, like I've listened to them with a pillow over my face because it physically pains me <laughs> to like see what's happening. Um, it, if anybody remembers the dumb Starbucks phenomenon from a few years yeah. ago, that was a Nathan for you uh, creation. Yeah, uh, basically his the concept for that one is that he wanted to help a local coffee shop, so he made them turn it into a Starbucks, but to avoid paying for the franchise, they branded everything Starbucks, but put dumb in front of it. And then they could, <laughs> they could justify it by saying it was parody that this coffee shop was parodying Starbucks. <laughs> and so he had like dumb latte on the menu and like dumb, uh, espresso. And he was selling dumb Nora Jones CDs. Oh my God. <laughs> it, it's incredible. One of my he, the episode I saw that, um, I liked was when he, was trying to help out like a local like uh like rancher with like a like horse rides for like the uh like yes. overweight <laughs> and he came up with like a system to essentially strap like a belt to the overweight person that was attached to like these giant helium balloons yeah. that would lighten them for the horse to carry and then yeah. to like 
to keep birds away from popping the balloons, it would also have drones that would fly around the balloons to scare away birds. And then also two people with like roof rakes would follow them on horse to push aside branches so the balloons could get through on the trails. It's so fucking funny. That that's the thing the best part about it to me is like his ideas start like kind of simple even though they're insane, but they're like always these complications so they get so more and intricate. more elaborate as they go on. Um there's there's I don't want to give like all these away, but there's there's one where um he, he's trying to help a guy who's been trying for years to sell his restaurant's chili at the local sports arena, but he can't get a license. So he like figures out a way to let him do it secretly without like kind of under the table. And it's by creating a chili suit that goes under <laughs> his jacket. <laughs> That's like, it's like a bodysuit filled with chili. And then he, he just goes up to people and like squirts the chili out <laughs> into a bowl from like a pump in his wrist. <laughs> And, like, again, the best part is, like, he is so serious. Like, he never gives off, like, that he even recognizes how insane these schemes are. He's just like, I'm just trying to help your business. Like, yeah. like what's the problem? Um, so, anyway, there's – and there's, like, he – those. that's kind of, like, the core of the show. But there are other episodes that are really – different um without getting too into it um but like the last couple episodes are almost more serious and yeah like documentary almost yeah like a documentary kind of like touching thing exploring one of the people he had worked with on the show trying to reconnect with his like long lost love and so it's just like a weirdly complex sweet hilarious show yeah, I have the uh, a clip of the, I think him probably explaining the price match plan that you were talking about earlier. So just so people can get an understanding of like yeah. the dry straightforwardness of the this, tone yeah. of this guy. Yeah. Alan Hurricane is the owner of Spears TV, a South Pasadena electronics store that's been operating in the neighborhood for over 60 years. But ever since a massive Best Buy moved in, just minutes away from his tiny shop, he's been finding it impossible to keep up with their aggressive pricing. Their sales are ridiculous. I mean, there's no way that I can compete. And if it keeps up, Spears TV is at risk of going extinct. So I paid Alan a visit with an ambitious solution to undercut his biggest competitor. (laughs) Are you familiar with the Best Buy price match policy? Yeah, it's horrible. I mean, it's, 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 it's bad for a small business. One of the main reasons Alan has such a hard So it just goes on to that. <laughs> like, I don't want to play the whole clip. It's yeah. like three minutes long, but I would. <laughs> it's absolutely worth it. Yeah, that's, that's, a, such a, that's a good recommendation for people who haven't watched it yet. Oh, it's so fucking funny. <laughs> so funny. I guess I'm up. Yeah, what's your number two? My number two is a show that if there was ever a show in the history of entertainment that had zero business to be as good as it is, it is Cobra Kai. Yes! (laughs) Uh, Unbelievable show. It's, it is honestly incredibly impressive how absolutely well they nail the over the topness of, and paying true true homage to the original Karate Kid franchise while bringing it to present day and then continuing the over the top scenarios of like 
karate fighting in high schools. Yeah. While, karate riot. <laughs> karate riots. <laughs> while having it be while the making the the characters still seem authentic and that you actually care about them. It's unbelievable. And the uh, mm-hmm. who's the guy who plays uh Johnny Lawrence, I forget his name. Um Yeah, William Zapka. Yeah. Um he's I I I'm shocked that he he's hasn't so had a career between Karate Kid and now because I know. He's absolutely fucking crushing this older version of a younger character. It's unbelievable. Yes. It's so good. You like genuinely sympathize with him and like feel for him. Yeah, and he's so it's, funny at the same time. It's mm-hmm. such a cool concept for them to not just like revisit it and and pay homage to it, but to be like there it's a different perspective. Like because he was the bad guy in the first um Karate Kid movie and they kind of inverted to be like Danny was like kind of a dick in that. You, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> right. it's like kind of from his perspective a little bit, which is really cool. And then I just feel like every time they introduce a new character from the original movies back into the show, you're just like, hell yeah, that's, yeah. that rules. <laughs> like when they introduced John Kreese, that was like such a, oh. a nice touch. And mm-hmm. what a, yeah, that show rules. Yeah. It's, you know, what's a bummer is like, I like it so much that I wish they did it with other movies. At the same time, I don't want them to ever do it again. <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Because the idea is good. It's executed so well that I, you know, you would hope that something else would also get the same love and attention and be as good as Cobra Kai. But it's, it, it, this is like lightning in a bottle as far as yeah. I'm concerned. And it blows my mind that the first two seasons were on YouTube. It's so right. high budget looking. Like, hey, that's I mean, insane. That, well, it is insane. In, but that's, they have so much money. Like, these places mm-hmm. have so much money that I, like, I'm still, like uh to your point shocked when i see something i'm like this is on what why does it look this good um like uh the boys amazon Mm -hmm. prime i was like when i that was the first amazon prime show i watched and i was i would before that be hesitant to watch something on amazon prime because i'm like uh what i mean amazon you know especially knowing it would be something effects heavy yes right but then i was like what the fuck and so now now i'm I'm sold. I'm sold on anything. At, at this point, like, I don't know, fucking uh, Outlook could fucking <laughs> make a show. I'd be like, I bet it's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the so- new Clippy streaming service. <laughs> yeah. Right. But they, they have so much money that they, they, they don't spare any expense. Like, yeah, just fucking make it awesome. You know, I, we, want, yeah. we want something awesome, too. It's like, yeah, cool. This it looks like you're trying to produce a sitcom. <laughs> Do you <laughs> yeah. want to reformat? <laughs> it looks like you're doing this on a single-shot cam. <laughs> um, but I'm sold on it. And honestly, the competition between them is good for us. Yeah. The, the Cobra Kai is such a good recommendation. It's... It's a blast. Yeah. They're, they're, I feel like they're trying to do the same thing now with the new Saved by the Bell show. Mm-hmm. But um, it doesn't I just, it doesn't yeah, work. I'm just like, I don't care about it at all. Yeah. yeah. And the same thing with like the um, uh, Full House remake, right? I didn't watch the remake. <laughs> yeah. But oh my God. It was awful. Yeah. That's what I heard. Awful. Not like, good. Not that Full House really holds up that much when you watch it now, but yeah. Yeah. But, but the new like, show is supposed to be unwatchable. Yeah. It's, Oh, it's so cringy. It's like, 
kid actor i think we've talked about this on the show before where like kid actors back in like the 80s and early 90s it was so genuine they just like felt like real kids and kid actors now are like so polished you can tell they went to acting school like it doesn't have quite the same authenticity mm. and these kids the kids in fuller house are just like so over the top just like catchphrases like disney left channel and right. acting yeah disney channel acting exactly <laughs> like winking at the camera and being like oh boy oh, <laughs> oh my juice is everywhere <laughs> yeah it's me carson daly back again playing the kid. <laughs> i was just thinking of a character that's orson daly he's like a mix between orson wells and carson daly <laughs> <laughs> this next video is called <sighs> What's up by four non blondes? <laughs> um, that's God. a great pick. Yeah, that's great. It's it's so good. I can't believe how good it is. And I'm like just just the callbacks they make all the time. Like you're saying when they bring in this other character. Like the last, did you watch the latest season? Yeah. yeah. And like they're revisiting like uh, Karate Kid what three where he goes to Okinawa mm-hmm. um, and he has that like life or death battle with that guy and he comes back you're like cool yeah. yeah. So good, so good. Um, yeah, that's my that's mine or two. Uh, if you like the show, support your go. Go to patreon.com slash Make Fun Network. There you can support Make Fun Network and all the shows on it, like uh, Lost Legends, Tales of Thern, Encyclocomica, Sleep with the Light on, this show right here, and maybe this rules of suck someday. Maybe, maybe growing up <laughs> gamers someday. Maybe if I ever find people to take over the show, maybe they'll come back. Um. But yeah, so thank you so much. If you want to support the things that we do there, keep our lights on. You can do that at patreon.com slash makefunnetwork. Cat uh, Tim, where can people find you? What you, what you plugging? I don't have that much to plug. I mean, similar to what you were just saying, like we have podcasts that are kind of on long-term hiatus right now that we might bring back. And we have our, we have a podcast called Double Date that we've worked on for a while where we interview other couples about like a romantic comedy or a movie, like a date movie that's important to them. And, but also just talk about like their relationship and, and all that type of th- stuff where we have a few episodes of that mm-hmm. c- in the tank that I just need to edit and release. And I would love to pick that back up again, but yeah, that's, know, a, good, that's a good concept. Yeah. yeah I, 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 it's been really cool. Cause we have, we have conversations with couples that like, we, even though we're friends with them, we don't have those same conversations otherwise because it's just not no it's not supernatural to talk about like you know what what's the biggest lesson that you've learned about being in a relationship with somebody is and you know that type yeah of and stuff. just like relationship dynamics and things like that that like are serious conversations that you don't normally have with other couples right yeah um yeah i love i love that concept i'd love to get back into it it's it's been a really fun experience too i just i need to it's you know this editing podcasts can just be very labor intensive and um so it's just like finding time between work and like just frankly the depression that everybody has in in lockdown is it makes it tough but so i mean yeah i i sympathize with you i'd be honest i like i I don't do any editing (laughs) i just don't do it because it's just like yeah fair enough i think with a show like that, we have to because so say, many yeah. of the people are like not used to podcasting, and yes, um, so there, you know, there's a lot of dead air that if we don't cut it out. But yeah, we yeah. I would say we we have some episodes of that up now that you can check out. You can check out all of our podcasts that have, uh, you know, a a 
a catalog of episodes out already at wasted-minds.com. Um, there's links there to all of our podcasts, including Conquest and Rhythm and Brews and uh, Double Date. Yeah. Double Date. Double Date. Um, no, that's, a, that's an awesome that's an awesome concept. Um, yeah, so check them out. Kat, you got anything? Um, You can listen to me over at Encyclicomica as well. Um, and then just Conquest. Uh, we're still we're looking for creative ways to keep producing the show during lockdown. So um, if you've got any ideas, you can shoot them to us at Conquest Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, on that note, uh, Paxi's still planning on happening. Yeah. That's, no, uh... no news about it, not. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's still five, no, what, four months away? Yeah, we'll if, I, if I get vaccinated by then, I might consider it. Yeah, if, if uh, things go down and the trend that it's yeah. going, I mean, honestly, imagine, imagine we didn't miss a Pax. Like, imagine somehow during this whole thing, <laughs> we, we got we we were we never missed one. That'd be crazy. That, that would be crazy, but uh, that would be very like on brand for Pax. <laughs> <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Uh, cool number ones, uh, cat. All right, my number one is the show Justified. Um, huh. I think based on what you were saying about Ozark, Matt, I think you would actually really like this show. Um, so it's. If anybody's familiar with Elmore Leonard, he uh, is a writer that's had a ton of stuff adapted. Jackie Brown, uh, Out of Sight, um, 310 to Yuma. Those are all based on Elmore Leonard stories. Um, t- the two things he does really well are crime stories and westerns. And Justified puts those together. Was it a western? Yeah. It's so a modern western. Modern western. It takes place in Kentucky, uh, modern day. It's about the marshal service, but then also like different crimes in uh, Kentucky. So there's like, they do a little cartel business. There's some local crime bosses. Uh, they do a lot with like Detroit mafia. Um, but it stars Timothy Oliphant as Raylan Givens, who's like one of the best like modern cowboy marshals. And then Walt Goggins is the like main villain Boyd Crowder. He's so good. Um, have you seen hateful eight Matt? I have not. Okay. The, the, the main villain that cat was talking about is, has a big part in hateful eight and he's awesome in that too. Yeah. He's also in Django. Yeah. Who is he in Django? Uh, he's He's, like one of the guys at Candyland. He's like one of the henchmen at Candyland. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, super skinny scarecrow looking guy. Oh, he was in uh, he was in Fat Man that came out this year, that Mel Gibson Santa movie. If anybody watched that, (laughs) the show, the overall uh, pitch of the show, I would say, is that um, there, the this Marshall has to come back to his hometown that he's like tried to escape from for his whole life, but he's like kind of a problem Marshall, just the type of like he's a cowboy mentality, so he. Got in trouble for shooting a guy, but basically goading that guy into pulling his gun so he would be justified in shooting him. And that's like yeah. his kind of his MO. And so all of his um, like supervisors and stuff are always trying to like juggle him around because he's such a pain in the ass to have on the force. Yeah. And they're he, like, can you just like follow the book by like just one time? And he's like, it's not how I roll. And, <laughs> and he, so he goes back to his hometown where his old buddy that he used to dig coal with in Kentucky is now like a local crime boss. And so they have like a very interesting 
relationship where they're like kind of friendly, but adversarial and, um, and it's just a really well written fun show. If you like, uh, a modern Western in the vein of like, um, some of the, uh, Coen brothers stuff that, that feels yeah. that way now. How, uh, how long has it been on? Uh, so it, what it ran from 2009 to 2015. It was six seasons. Um, over now all the seasons are on hulu uh they're an hour long it's like a drama um but it's like there's some really funny moments all the characters are so well fleshed out every season's like a different big bad but there are some kind of like uh crimes of the week kind of thing too um there are some great cameos in terms of like who the big bads are um, they pull in some like Western heavyweights like Sam Elliott's on a season. So um, it's, it's Sam Elliott's on there. Yeah. I'm in. He, I'm in. He's on a, he's a, on one of the later seasons, but Beef. just, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's so good. It's so compelling. Like you get sucked in and it's just one of those like dramas that you just want to binge and like, they, they also do a lot of really cool casting choices. Like a lot mm-hmm. of the villains on the show are Comedians. actors, you know, from comedic stuff. Yeah. So like Alan, oh, cool. Tudyk, Alan Tudyk plays one of the villains and Will Sasso does too. And they all, they all, they're just very, for some reason it really works to have them play these super sinister, scary villains because it's mm-hmm. so like against type, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, and just some of the work that they have where like, you wouldn't think of Detroit, like, urban mafia crimes mingling with like western types and like having like guys yeah small town kentucky like shit kicker kind of cowboy guys like it's it's such a interesting mix of crimes and personalities and storylines and 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 it's a cool like um foil relationship between the Marshall and his crime boss friend because it's he's like you're a criminal and he's like yeah but you shoot people like every day <laughs> you know what I mean yeah, it's like it's, it's who's, kind who's of, really the bad guy kind of a thing yeah it's kind of like the Batman Joker thing where it's like you would be like me if you weren't a under the same circumstances yeah under the yeah. same circumstances mm. that sounds awesome I'll definitely I'm gonna add that to my my list as soon as um as soon as some a few things wrap up for me because it's like I, either I have five shows to watch all the time or I have none. <laughs> yeah, that's how we are too. We actually, we watched Justified in real time when it was on. And then um, we watched a bunch of like heist movies and crime movies and a couple Westerns. And we were like, should we rewatch Justified? And we've like blown through the series in <laughs> two or three weeks. <laughs> that's awesome. That's a good one. I have to check that out. Uh, Tim, number one. My number one is a, uh, show that came out last year on Apple TV called Ted Lasso. My um, my wife just watched it. I, I watched an episode or two. It's so good. I lo- I really love it a lot. It um I for some reason thought I wouldn't care about it at all because the premise is that a United a US college football coach gets hired to come uh coach a Premier League soccer team in the UK and has no experience or background in soccer at all. So it's like the insanity that would come out of that very fish out of water. He's from like Kentucky. So he's very Southern, like a very kind of culture shock 
dynamic to it, but the characters in it are so well drawn and just charming. It reminds me of um, Parks and Rec in a way where like it's it's really funny, but also you really care about the characters and get emotionally invested in the story. I don't give a fuck about soccer, but like <laughs> you start to really root for the team as they they come together as a team, and you're rooting for uh, the coach who's played by Jason Sudeikis um, to kind of pull it off against all odds because he's got an underdog thing and nobody in England thinks that he has what it takes to pull this off. They're all like extremely skeptical of it. Um, It's just a great cast. Uh, There there are a couple kind of hotshot soccer players that he's trying to coach and help work through the fact that they fucking hate each other. And so he's kind of like coaching them and trying to make them be the the best team members that they can be. And he's just like... A the light of man. positivity. <laughs> and and I think, you know, for me, one of the reasons that it just was, it was like TV comfort food right at the height of election season where tempers are running high. Everybody's kind of like, it's easy to get nasty with people mm. because you're disagreeing with them about stuff. And just to have this like super heartwarming show about a guy who's like, trying to do his best and and try to bring people together and have just like a really sweet harm heartwarming but also like well-written really funny show was exactly what i wanted at that time it was just like the perfect um counterbalance to to election nastiness for a lack of a less cheesy way to put that no i i know what you mean it's like a like i said it's a nice comfort food it's a palate cleanser it's a it's a good deviation from (laughs) Yeah. A, yeah. a harsher reality. And there's a lot of like shitty people on the show doing shitty things. And Ted Lasso is just like, he wins them over and like makes them all be better people like throughout the whole show. It's very um, satisfying to watch. Yeah. She's like a warm blanket. It's just so nice and comforting and it makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, my wife loved it. She she was like, "If you want to watch it, I'd watch it again right now." <laughs> I was like, "Ah, uh, yeah, maybe." Ah, uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um. All right, my number one. Uh, my number one recommendation, and I uh I can't recommend this enough, and I don't know if you all are watching it, but uh, my number one is WandaVision. Oh, it's oh, so nice. good. It's. Did you see the latest episode? We're not going to yes. no spoilers, by the way. Don't worry about it. So if you're listening yeah. to the show, we're not going to ruin anything. That but latest episode, holy fuck, was killer. Holy mm-hmm. fuck! You know what it is? Is like for me and a lot of people on the network, a lot of the fun butts and things like that. Uh, the MCU is very important to us. Uh, the, the 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 excitement and the the fervor and everything about it has been completely lacking because of mm-hmm. everything going on and it's really it's been a real um honestly it might be one of the worst things <laughs> in my opinion that's <laughs> happened to me personally and just like my group of friends because um a big social aspect was the mcu for us uh, going mm-hmm. to the movies and things like that and we haven't done that and uh i haven't seen a lot of people in a long time because and because yeah. like endgame has such like a f- a finality to it that like it's not just like things stop dead in their tracks because of COVID. It's also like nobody knows where the story is going from here at all because right. 
it's just, there's just such like a button on the end of Endgame as as far as the MCU goes. Yeah, I was saying to Tim the other day that it's so nice to just like have MCU back and have that really strong narrative and that great storytelling that keeps you on the edge of your seat. Um, they've just like really perfected narrative. Like they they know where their stories and threads are going and they just put it together in such a strong way that you're left wanting more constantly. The um yeah, I hundred percent agree. And like the the quality of the show mm-hmm. is is right along the side of an MCU film. It's right along the side. It looks the same. It yeah. feels mm-hmm. it feels the same. Mm-hmm. It's really I, I I'm not mistaken. This is a first ser- like a series from the MCU on Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, if this is what we can expect, I'm so excited for everything else that was announced. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that we don't have to wait, you know, you know, years or a year to go by before you get your next MCU installment is is awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. But WandaVision is so good. Uh, the the time, like the 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 way that they do the different decades in TV. Mm-hmm. is so fucking good. The latest yeah. episode was like the 80s and it had like it's the who's spot the boss on. It's spot on. It's unbelievable how good and the attention to detail and the way that they they like they honor that. It it's just and every time I'm like the song choices, like the theme songs are so yeah. perfect, mm-hmm. such a perfect fit that I'm like, oh, this song has to exist already because it's so specific <laughs> to that time. But it's it's definitely like written and performed for the show. It's yeah, it, even just that attention to detail that there's like a different type of sitcom theme song or just just even like a different sitcom opening that they that they put together for every episode is so awesome. Um, and it it really carries the feeling of an MCU movie because it's funny, but there's, it's a little creepy. There's action. There's like a, there's stakes there. Um, I was like really concerned when I heard the concept of the show at first, I was like, what the hell is that going to be like? Um, but it's, it's so unique. It's really risky, which is cool to see them do. Yes. It's nice to see. For something that had so much success behind it, and they could mm-hmm. literally just print money at this point, yep. that they still take uh, take the risk to be uh, to be different, to be artistically growing, and things like mm-hmm. that. It honestly makes me feel very excited about the uh, the thought of the next Doctor Strange being a horror film, right? Because that's yes. the way they spin it. So it's like mm-hmm. they understand like the genre they're going uh, through, they're going towards, and they are so good at bringing the MCU to whatever genre they're going at. Yep. And I like that it's taking kind of lesser um, or like B team Avengers members and shining a light on them and bringing more of those stories to the forefront. Right. Which is always so crazy to me because they're so utterly powerful with vision and Wanda. It's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, they're, they're they're the B squad. It's like, (laughs) they could, Destroy Captain America in a heartbeat if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's it's so good. If you haven't watched it, you gotta watch it. If 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 somebody because and the other thing too that like I have such an issue with is when the I didn't watch it when it first came out um, just because I was busy, but I saw people like sh- 
shitting on it or whatever. And it's like you shitting on WandaVision is exactly you're the type of person I really don't like (laughs) as far as like when it comes to media and like things like this, because you are so against the idea of change that it's like, it's not comfort to you, right? It's like, it was different and it wasn't Mm -hmm. comforting. And it's like, yeah, different is scary. And it doesn't mean that it's good, but this was good. And whatever criticism you have is the only criticism, like the only criticism anybody ever had about it was like, either I don't get it or which is like, okay, then you don't understand the MCU. You don't know that you're, you're, you're a very casual MCU fan, Mm -hmm. which is fine, which is fine. Or it's like, um, you're just you just want to see the same thing over and over again. You mm-hmm. want to see the you go to every Transformers movie because and you like them all. Like <laughs> I do, I do feel like when we started it when it first came out and only being able to get like one episode at a time. What I was challenged by that because I was like, what is this gonna be? You know what I mean? Like just seeing the first episode of it, it's it's you're barely scratching the surface of what it what the show turns into. And you're just like, you have so many questions, the comedy, like, like doesn't really work, but that's like by design, but you're, then you're just kind of like, what is this all for? And I'm kind of jealous of some of our friends are like waiting to watch it until all Mm. the episodes are out because as soon once you start getting like some of the background and the explanation, it, it's it's so cool and even like when you're seeing the cracks of like what's really happening and it has a very like stepford wives type of horror feel like that that was such a cool touch um i get like i get people seeing the first episode and being like i don't know if this is for me but i just say like keep watching it because strap in like you said it it takes a lot of risks but it pays off so much as the show unfolds right i'm wondering if like people are gonna now that it's like the last episode happened and like the episode before that even, um, and the, the tone is shifting so hard on it. I wonder if people who had those criticisms are going to go back and be like, well, I'll, let me just fucking, I'll, I'll find, I'll watch it. And then I wonder if they'll change their tune once they kind of like understand it as a whole. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Shocked, yeah. It's so good. I'm, I, ugh, it's my favorite right now. I'm definitely going to rewatch all of it when it's done again. And I also feel like it's accessible in a really interesting way. Like I would probably not recommend most MCU stuff to my parents, but we were talking to them about this. I'm like, I feel like they would genuinely love it because they would like the sitcom dynamic of it. And obviously like all the other elements are cool and they like MCU movies anyway. So like, I just feel like it, there are a lot of different people that it appeals to in different ways. Yeah. Which is just brilliant. Just brilliant. Uh, but and the my- cast yeah. is so so good. Like like we were saying, they're B players. So to get to spend that much more time with Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen, who are like who crushing those roles. It, yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. Kath- Catherine Hahn is so fucking good in that show too. Um, it's it. Yeah. I mean, it's just in every way such a good show, and I love how big of a swing it is. Yep, I totally agree. So. 100% WandaVision, you got to watch it. Uh, but let's go to the fun butts. I know we are, we're, we're running up against the clock here. I want to get you guys out of here. Uh, so go to the fun butts. If you want to be a fun butt, go to makefun.network or search the Makefun Network on Facebook. Join the group. Uh, become a fun butt and get your list right on the show. So let's just, uh, we'll, we'll go through these right now. Uh, Jake Pauly, 
first two respond says uh, number five, WandaVision, of course. Number four, mm-hmm. Cobra Kai, of course. Number three, The Devil All the Time. Don't hmm. know what that is. Uh, number two, Palm Springs. And number one, The Mandalorian. Uh, Arez says six block, anyone's guess. I don't know what that is. Same. Uh, four, High School of the Dead. I don't know what that is. <laughs> but this is, you know what? This is good because this is a good list to go through. Yeah. To like check it out later. Uh, AEW Wrestling uh, to Sweet Home. Is that based on the Nintendo game? Um, and number Maybe. one, number one, Alice in Borderland. Huh. I'll hmm. Look those up. Uh, Dan, Dr. Jan Chapman, number five, Freaky. Number four, Hitman video game series. Number three, Overwatch Still, of course. Number two, Promising Young Woman. And number one, WandaVision. Uh, That's a great list. Cameron Bevins, uh, number five, Blood of Olympus on Netflix. Number four, Ultraman anime on Netflix. Number three, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, the game remastered. Oof, number th- hell yeah. <laughs> number two, Hades. Uh, number one, any slash all Godzilla movies in preparation for Godzilla vs. King Kong. Fuck, I'm excited. He wrote existed. <laughs> um, did you see that axe? Jesus. Uh, it looks good. <laughs> Uh, Mitch Mitt, The Freshest of the Fun Button. Number five, The Killers, Hot Fuss album, my all-time favorite. It will always be recommended. Number four, Cobra Kai. Uh, didn't like didn't like Karate Kid, but loved the show. Number two, uh, Vermintide. Uh, two, PC, Xbox, PS4. On sale basically everywhere, so go play it. Number two, Shameless. My wife likes that show. It's now on Netflix, so there's no longer an excuse not to watch it. And number one, Sea Shanties. I'm a nerd, and seeing one of my odd obsessions hit the mainstream is amazing, and I feel hip and trendy. <laughs> Yeah, good for you. Uh, Ramadan, the wholesome butt. Number five, I'll try to give you some besides the obvious. Number five, Kim's Convenience. It is very good. Uh, lighthearted and funny. Number four, The Flight Attendant, HBO Max. Oh, that was good. Number two, uh, three, Veep, HBO Max. Binged it in two weeks and loved it. Number two, Shit's Creek. That's a very funny show. And number one, Dark Side of the Ring, multiple platforms. That is a good show if you like documentaries and wrestling. Brian Davis, honorable mention is Ozark. It's great. Number five, Avatar, the band from Sweden. They're heavy metal and probably my favorite band right now. Black Walt is my favorite album by then. Number four, I Zombie, one of my all-time favorite TV shows. Number three, definitely Maybe. Uh, this movie is amazing. Ryan Reynolds is amazing in it. Romantic comedy, I guess, and one of my favorites. Number two, Peaky Blinders, uh, one, uh, another one of my favorite shows. I wish I, I want to get into that show. i got to give that one Same. another go. Same. Um, it starts a little slow, but it picks up quick and gets really good. Give it a shot. Number one, Left for Dead, one and two, my all-time favorite games. It is so fun with three other people, and I never grow tired of it. Still play at least to, to this day. Uh, Daniel Morrison, number five, Blue Ruin. Just watched a good indie revenge flick. Number four, Final Space. Underrated anime sci-fi show. Number three, Sweet Home. Sub-dub Japanese horror series on Netflix. Oh, I saw the trailer for that. I don't know if it's a if it's based on the Nintendo game. Um, number two, Polar. Netflix movie like John Wick, but starring Mads Mikkelsen from Hannibal. Perfect. Number one, uh, The Mandalorian. Too good to not add. Honorable mention what happened to Monday, dystopian future uh, movie on Netflix. Uh, Kyle Lakey, number five, Umbrella Academy. Haven't watched it yet. Number four, The Blood of Olympus. Number three, T5OD, always current, my man. Uh, number two, Promise Neverland. Uh, haven't started the second season yet, but first was great. And number one, WandaVision. <laughs> uh, Brian Davis. I didn't add The Mandalorian or WandaVision because I knew it would be everywhere, and you are right. Uh, Dave Howard, number five, Fargo, the TV series. Uh, Number four, Unleash the Archers, my new music obsession. Number three, Finge. 
I think he means Fringe. Oh, it's a pretty monster of the week, but it has a good overarching plot. I love Fringe, yes. Yeah, me too. I'm not falling for it, Dave Howard. Number two, uh, Hades. Um, if you haven't played this yet, what are you even doing with your life? It's on PC and Switch. Number one, Wednesday Night War podcast. They cover all things NXT and AEW. Sometimes it will go off on a wonderful Japanese wrestling tangents. The show is great. If you like wrestling, please go check it out. Uh, Fro's best friend, Ryan Brown. Number five, Letter Kenny. Number four, Snowpiercer. Number three, Kim's Convenience. Number two, The Boys. Number one, The Mandalorian. A very solid list. Andrew Lincoln, uh, old butt here. Number five, Atlanta. Donald Glover, Donald Glover's show. The shit's so good. Number four, Dave, Little Dicky show. Yes, that show is fucking very funny. I've heard I've that's heard it's great. Awesome. It's unbelievably funny. It's such an accurate representation of someone wanting to get into rap music in modern times. Number three, MGK's uh, Machine Gun Kelly's new album. I've heard a lot of people hate it, but I think it bangs, and Travis Barker's drumming is godlike. Yeah, he's like a pop-punk artist now. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> it wasn't for me. Uh, number two, Freaks on Netflix. Very good. Number one, Rami. Such a fucking good show, and also uh, kind of opens your eyes to Muslim stuff a bit more if you didn't already know about it. Uh, number five, Love on Netflix from Mike Dill. Number four, uh, Cobra Kai on Netflix. Number three, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Number two, Letterkenny on Hulu. And number one, WandaVision, you know where. Uh, George Cipperoni, number five, NXT on uh, WWE. Number four, Top 5 of Death, Make Fun Network. Number three, Boop My Nose on Twitter. Cute animal picks only a positive thing on Twitter. That's Aww. funny. Number two, Make Fun Network Facebook page. My man, number one, Eastside, Eastside Dave Show on Compound Media. I don't know what that is. Is that a podcast? Let's check it out. I know. Uh, but that's the end of our show, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Kat, Tim, thanks for, for doing the episode. Yeah, thanks for having thanks us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, of course. Uh, like I said, I know you guys have a hard out at one, so we're going to wrap this up. Uh, that's our show. We'll be back next week. And as always, smell you later. <laughs>